and welcome to a Good Causes special of Table Manners, made possible by National Lottery Players. So thank you. This is a really important episode for us. We have two incredible campaigners coming over to actually cook us food and bring food round to ours, which is a turn up for the books, isn't it, Mum? It's a big treat. Thank you to the National Lottery for introducing us to somebody I have admired for a very long time, um, Jack Monroe. She's a campaigner, author, and then we also have Noreen Glaves, who is the founder and CEO of Feed Me Good. It's an organisation dedicated to improving the health of marginalised communities through nutrition and wellbeing. Now, the episode is made possible by National Lottery Players because for every ticket sold, a hefty slice of the money received goes to a huge variety of life-changing projects, just like Noreen's charity. Darling, food is such a critical issue at the moment with the cost of living crisis that we all need to know how to use our money in the best way possible and how essentially people are going to feed their families. Jack Monroe has written countless books about cooking on a budget. She has a blog called Cooking on a Bootstrap. I follow her on Instagram. She was putting up the price of a meal. And Nureen's charity, Feed Me Good, is dedicated to improving the health of marginalised communities through nutrition and wellbeing. This is a really special episode. I'm looking forward to hearing how they can make great affordable food that doesn't cost the earth, literally. And they're bringing the food. That's why we're so relaxed. And I think Nureen's bringing a pud and Jack's bringing a main. It's 9.30 in the morning, the birds are tweeting. So looking forward to having Jack Monroe and Noreen Glaves on Table Manners. We are so thrilled to have the most vibrant ball of energy just come through the, the room and uh, bring with her thermos, a thermos, um, what do you call this? A thermos Thermos. Three lovely bowls that mum wants to nick <laughs> off you and um, and lots of knowledge. Jack Monroe, thank you for being on Table Manners. Uh, thank you very much for having me. This has been one of my secret bucket list things for my career. I made a little secret list in my notebook a couple of years ago where I was like, if I'm ever asked to do these things, move heaven and earth. And, then, oh. and it was, I, got to, I got to tick another one off oh, today. Well, thank you, it's our pleasure. And also, yes, yeah, so you've brought... Some food, but now tell mm. me, you woke up a bit later today, <laughs> so you've got a whole, I, mean, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot of hacks from you. <laughs> so what have we got here that we're going to be eating? So we've got, and it's, I've, I've done it deliberately because it's something that people are quite, like, their initial reaction to it is a bit visceral, but it's, um, it's chicken porridge. Oh, like a congee. From Good Food for Bad Days. It's right. like a savoury porridge. And yeah, and so I got up this morning. I barely slept last night because I get really Why? nervous before I do any oh. of the bucket list things. Oh, oh so my lay word. So then I crashed through my alarm this morning and I woke up and I was like, oh, I've got nine minutes to leave the house. Right, what can I do? What can I do in nine minutes? And I, this wasn't, I was going to do a risotto. Can't do a risotto in nine no, minutes. You can't be staring so, for 45 um, minutes. I just literally grabbed my book, flipped through. I was like, chicken porridge, excellent. I'll bring it up to heat. I'll stick it in a thermos and it can continue to cook all the way here for two and a half hours on the train. So I'm... Um, that's an experiment. <laughs> I can't wait to be your guinea pig. See how that goes. So, so, I mean, we're massive fans of you. Mum already wants to gossip with you about lots yeah. of things off, <laughs> off, off um, thing. But let's start from the beginning. What was growing up 
for you like um, with food? I mean, you, your family, how were you eating and who were you eating with? So um, my parents were foster carers. So we would always have like an assortment of different people around the dinner table. Sometimes there'd be four of us, sometimes there'd be 10 of us. Um, so food was very much a sort of a pinnacle point of my childhood because it's the first thing that that they always made sure they did you know you get some kids come to stay with us for a bit and it's like okay we'll, we'll have a meal we'll sit down we'll have a very gentle chat whatever. so food was always basically things that could be stretched with five minutes notice so it was like big pasta bakes and um you know big sort of um, like my mum would do what she, what she called a risotto but it was in this big electric pan and it was like beef stock and canned tomatoes yeah. and chopped mushrooms with like a big pile of sausages so it's always things that could be if you had to suddenly put another plate at the table yeah. it could be divvied up and yeah. no, no sort of individually portioned restaurant type meals just yeah. like big family grub and that's um, that's pretty much how I cook as well because yeah. I have for some reason my friends appear to turn up around my house around dinner time <laughs> out of the blue that? yeah quite frequently you're a good cook. <laughs> was your mum a good cook yeah my mum's a good cook so it's always tasty oh here's Noreen oh, I think oh yeah. excellent hello hi hi Noreen Hi, Maureen. Hi. Would you like a cup of tea or a coffee? Tea would be great. With just normal just, tea. No, no, just, yeah, yeah, just any tea, any tea. Okay. Anything. Come see. Oh, that's my mama. Hey. 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 It feels like a family gathering has just occurred. Noreen's come in with her mum, Marlene, um, and uh, Marlene's asking for oat milk, which actually mum has today, which is unusual for you to have oat milk. Why have you got oat milk today? Because my brother bought it. Noreen's come in with some... Actually, you know what? Yeah. Tell me what you've got. You'll explain it much better than me. Okay, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh so God, grateful. At least you brought my mum with me, which was like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? Before I start, because I've been like binge watching your episode, listening yeah. to your episodes, right? I feel like you are the English version of me and my mum. My mum's Jamaican. Oh. So it's kind of like, I thought, let me just let her come along so she can that. enjoy it. I love so, that. Um, this I'll try and not swear today, though, no, Marlene. Okay. No, 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 I'm going to try too. not. She's always saying, no, stop slurring. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I think it's the chef's side, though. I oh, think that must be it. Yeah, the, we just yeah, have to just pa- lay it out sometimes, Jack, you know? Jack, what about you? Are, you? are you allowed to swear in front of your mother? Um, I wasn't until I left home. <laughs> um, <laughs> so whilst I'm chatting to Noreen at, mm-hmm. the, at the kitchen table, yeah. Jack is... Make yourself comfortable. She's. I love it. We love it. You're exactly where Raymond Blanc was making the fish. Um, so mum is chatting with Jack. Jack's sorting out the chicken porridge. Yeah. Noreen, tell us what you've got. Okay, you've so I would like you to taste it. Okay. Have a feed. I shall. Yeah. So this is like my famous rum cake, yeah? Okay. I started doing this rum cake because my mum had this big jar 
of like soaked fruits for seven or eight years, right? It's a tradition thing in Jamaica. Like once you get a child, you make this big jar. It's like a cauldron mm. of like soaked fruits, and then you make rum cakes. What so she, fruits are we talking about? So in we're there? talking about like like um, raisins, sometimes sultanas. Yeah. But the alcohol is important. But you can make an alcohol-free version with super malt. Yeah, I've tried it. So it's in my cookery book. Okay. So this one has a lot. So you cook out the alcohol. So you've got in this jar that I've been like soaking since January. Um, I have um, Bailey's. I have right rum, dark oh, rum, okay. and so that's a cocktail Cheryl. in a cake and and white and red wine. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. So I'm this... gonna be drunk at my uh, dance <laughs> rehearsals later. Fine, great. And this one, it's actually gluten free. It would be dairy-free only because of the Baileys, but otherwise it would uh-huh, be gluten uh-huh. and dairy-free. Because I'm lactose intolerant right. and I'm also gluten intolerant. So my life could be very stressful. But mm. because I'm a chef, it makes, when well, also nutritionist, it makes it easy that I can kind of be like, let's just fix it before it becomes a problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this is my famous okay, rum cake. Okay, I'm going to have a little taste of it now. Yeah. Um, so I'm having my, my pud before the older... The, the, uh-huh. <laughs> have I put the wrong milk in your... No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I put normal. No, it's okay. I'll take. I'll just take a tiny bit. It's okay, Mum. No problem. <laughs> that's really delicious. Oh, thank you. Um, so that's got red wine in there. Mm-hmm. Bailey's. You, Jessica, yeah. <laughs> don't keep it to yourself. It's very delicious. Thank you, <laughs> Mum. Try some. Now, so I don't have you mind. I call now, everyone Mum at the moment. So, so, so this one. Okay, this one's very this special. One? This looks very pretty. This is very pretty special. Very special. So this one yeah. is um, cherry blossom. With rose syrup and also dried free strawberries. Beautiful. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got this and you've schlepped these over from where? Halston. Halston. So, yes. okay, and Jack, where did you come from today? I live in the South End, um, but if you look at a map of the east of England and you locate South End, there's a little pinnacle that points right out into the sea. Yeah. And if you put your finger on the end of that pinnacle, that's where I am. So I basically live in the sea, that's which gorgeous. is why it's a bit of a mission to get anywhere. But I like that because it's also a bit of a mission for journalists well, to get to me so well, I get left alone <laughs> I really appreciate you coming so early I love this mum doesn't this feel good yeah this is how and, oh, these, gosh. and these are feeders like I, know, I, think, yeah. I, I love it so okay whilst Jack just sorts out the uh, savoury um Noreen tell yes. me I'm getting a, a, a an inclination about how this what was food um, what was the role of food in your in your family and growing up? Okay, so before I even start, my mum would kill me if I don't talk about my great grandma who okay. used to literally have a, a stall in Carnation Market in Jamaica, and I feel like it's like descended like the magic hands. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, the magic hands that everyone kind of has um, to my my grandma and then my mum. So I started cooking when I was about four because my auntie Sandra used to bake. So I used to watch her in the kitchen and then start to do that. Mm. And I don't know, but I kind of felt like I was home with it you know yeah so when I was in like high school I would be doing more baking and cooking and I remember there was this little damn young boy at my class who was like I would marry you just for you to make me a cake and I said <laughs> you know what this might be a profession here you know because if he wants to get that reaction out of me then Nor- you know Noreen did you no yeah it's just literally Marlene saying something in the, in, in the conservatory <laughs> what are you saying Marlene who is the better cook out of you and Noreen oh no no they can't do that I can I just oh did oh my god yes. We'll, we'll for Jamaican food. Yeah. I'm the better cook. Okay, yes. fair enough. But Niri now, she's international cook. Oh, mm, do you like the international cuisine? You, what's your favourite dish of Nereen's? 
uh, macaroni and cheese. Oh, really? Yes. Do yours change? Like, uh, how you do it? Is do it you different? Do, do yeah. you do a dry macaroni cheese with a crispy top? I do, yes. Yeah. I do both. So I do, like, the wet one, and then I'll do the dry, and yeah. then I'll put, like, the breadcrumbs and yeah. stuff. But I do different flavours. Oh, so wow. I'll do, like, a garlic, like, or a thyme one. Or I just do like a really like five cheese kind of one. It depends really. Five and then I cheese. do like a, I've got to do like a vegan what you, oh, one you as think well. Oh yeah, oh, come on, jump yeah. in. Yeah, Jack, Jack, tell, Jack, tell it. You need to get on the mic. Jack, tell us what your macaroni cheese consists of. You like a? Do you like a three cheese situation or five cheese? What, what's your macaroni? I just like whatever cheese is in. But I've got I've got a real thing about macaroni cheese at the moment. I'm in my next book. There's a recipe that I first cooked six years ago, and I yeah. don't know how I've managed to not put it in anything yet. Right. Um, and it's called blackened cheese, and it's macaroni cheese with crumbled black pudding for through it oh, that's with nice. black with like a black pudding crumble on top so it's like black pudding mm. and bread like smashed up together in a food processor and then crumbled on top and, so it's like double and, black and pudding it's that quite an affordable dish yeah mm. of course yeah, very like, how much how, uh, how much are we looking price point oh, per people, I don't know, about 50p a head last time I costed it up but obviously food prices are Gone all over the yeah. place at the moment so it's a bit sort of it's a bit hairy to keep track of, but yeah, yeah. it's about 50p ahead. And my son would never touch black pudding because well, kids these days have got the internet. They can look Ooh. up everything. You yes. can't like tell them like that it's good. You know, you can't sort of pull the wool over their eyes anymore. So he Googled it and he was like, I'm not eating that. And then I made it in the mac and cheese and he's obsessed <sighs> with it now. And I'm like... Mm. That's black pudding, and he's like, I'm just, I'm just not thinking about it because <laughs> it's not in a slice on the yeah. side of a fry up. He's getting sort of, yeah, it's genius. Yeah. But, but yeah. I find that with the kids though. So like, I've in my recipe book, I've got a recipe for tofu mochi donuts. I actually made out of tofu. The four ingredients, so super affordable. Yeah. And I get my kids to make it in like my primary schools and so forth. And they're like, oh my God, tofu. And then they have it like, oh, Miss Chef mm. Nunu is the best donut I've ever had. Chef, what do they call you? Chef Nunu. Oh, yeah. Chef Nunu. Yeah, so it's like really, really fun. And yeah, I love it, you know? So let me go back to even saying about well, how it starts. So literally, food's always been a part of my life. Yeah. Um, cooking from a young age. But I found that it's really, for me, I see people as food. So it's like when I go travel different places around the yeah. world or I have my communities that I teach and so forth, I'm literally like, oh my God, where are you from? And they're like, oh, you know, maybe from the Philippines. I'm like, oh, you've got a wicked ube. Or mm, I'm like, oh my mm. God, you're from Pakistan. You've got a wicked bela. Or, you know, nice I breaker. kind of do it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I really consider a lot of different like things from backgrounds, religious beliefs, yeah, yeah. Um, language barriers as well, all mm. these different things. And mm. I find that because food is such a universal language, you don't need to speak the same language to, to eat or to listen to music, for mm. example, mm. to enjoy it. So for me, Feed Me Good is that. It's literally like feeding... Noreen, how did it start? Oh, my God. So my background is... Um, all catering, so catering, um, public health, dietetics, and food manufacturing and food sales. So, like my no, whole but where career. did you start at the beginning? So, yeah. we know you can idea, cook. Yes, like, we know you can cook. Did you do cookery at college? Yes, so I did catering, um, catering hospitality in college um, for two years, and then I finished, and then I worked in like some hotels. Which in college? Uxbridge College. Uxbridge yeah, College. Yeah, Uxbridge College. And was they were they good cooks? Oh yeah, I had like you? I used to call him Uncle Kevin. So Kevin, Everyone's Uncle Kevin. Uncle I think. 
auntie. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice, you know, it's a respect thing, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, we always say auntie or mom, you say yeah. uncle, it's kind of like respect thing. So he taught me how to do catering and then I worked in the actual in the field, working to like different hotels and restaurants and spas. Because I had my son at like, 21, I couldn't really work like chef hours. I could still mm. do it, but it was just like I've got to look after little kids. So yeah. um that kind of started the journey of me teaching. So that kind of helped me to get into public health and dietetics. And then I worked that for two years. And then afterwards, I went to university, which was amazing. Um, to do what? Food and nutrition. <laughs> oh, wow. Which one? Um, London South Bank. Fantastic. I'm actually going back there to do my master's in September. I'm wow. super excited. You're not busy then. I'm doing it part-time. But I'm really excited about it because we're going to do um, gut health with mental health and human performance. Um, one thing I will be releasing is my Black and Ethnic Eat Well plate. We need to be more inclusive when it comes to the messaging of food and health and, and everything like that, you know? I think even the programmes that we do at Feed Me Good, we've got a course called How to Be a Smart Food Shopper. So where do your courses, where are you teaching people? Yeah, so I teach it all over London and out of London. So I normally get um, funded by the National Lottery, which yeah. we're so grateful for. So you say to a community, yes. um, guess what? Um, Noreen's coming with mm-hmm. Feed Me Good. Yes. And she's going to show you how to make fantastic food, food on a budget. On a budget. Mm-hmm. Food isn't taught in schools anymore, which is Thank you, the Jack. big sad... Oh, Jack, oh wow. Like, this is like restaurant. Well, Guys, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we are, this is amazing. No, we are spoiled. Thank you so, so much. So uh, it is hard to know how to cook. If you've never been taught, exactly. and lots of kids in care, yes. they've not Thank always you, been taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's different now. Because yeah. um, Jack's mum was a foster carer. So oh, cool. I bet, she, was she teaching the children? What to cook? Yeah, yeah. She was. Everyone she was, helped. We were all well because it was such a busy household. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all mucked in, like with oh, with everything. This is you delicious. Don't, you don't, you know, a house that's constantly got like people coming and going in it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't fall to one person to just do all mm. all the stuff. So, oh, yeah. this is delicious. What is it? It's delicious. <laughs> so this is um, this is chicken porridge. Um, and it's um, from Good Food for Bad Days. And I was listening with interest, Nuri, when you were saying about food and mental health, because I was, that's what my um, last book was on, because I really wanted to sort of explore the relationship between not only how we eat sort of in varying periods of our sort of emotional life, but also the foods that we can eat that will help to support mm-hmm. sort of good brain function and yeah, stuff like that. And so this is... Um, it takes literally minutes to throw together. It was six minutes this morning from start to finish because I was like, I'm going to be late. I need to cook something. I could, I could just not cook something. No, I said I would. So I'll just... But Jack, this has such like depth of flavour and mm. it feels so... It's, it's delicious. So what's it in it? It would be that two and a half hours sitting in a thermos, <laughs> slow cooking on the tube on the way here. Yeah, but how genius so to think of that. Yeah. Like, you know, as like a working parent, anybody who has things to do to be able mm-hmm. to do that and think and be able to it's 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 brilliant well i'm yeah. working on um some low cost like low cost to cook meals at the moment mm-hmm. like low energy meals so i have been experimenting i do need a bigger thermos because that one's ridiculously small i think i've got one i'll give you <laughs> yeah i'll swap it for some bowls <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah about doing things like seeing if you put 
something like red lentils because they're quite quick to cook, mm. but they're still 20, 25 minutes on the hob if you yes. want them nice yes. and soft. And if you could put those in a thermos with boiling water and leave them overnight, then there's no energy to cook apart from to boil the kettle. So mm. I've it's done it successfully nice. with pasta and rice. Mm-hmm. Brown rice is a bit of a... Mm, bugger. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this... Is, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with this. That's another it's box. Really, it's really, really good. So, okay, so it's, it's porridge oats, chicken. Mm-hmm. It's a fancier version of the one in my book because I was suddenly like, you know, cooking for human beings, not just me. Like, I eat like a badger most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just scavenging whatever there is in the fridge. Basically, it's um, onion, garlic, carrot. Um, there's a little bit of fennel in there because I've got a little fennel bulb kicking around in my... Uh, in my fridge and celery and mince that all up all like really really small fried it off in the saucepan frying pan for like two minutes added the oats um put oat milk on top of it chicken stock cube and then some chicken Mm. um like just shredded chicken from the fridge that was um left over stirred it all together put it you know stuck it in the thermos and Mm. let it carry on it's got like salt and pepper in it as well and fresh thyme you're yeah i mean We've watched you for for years do this kind of thing. You, you've inspired so many people. Um, I mean, I saw on your Instagram the other day, you'd done one for vegetable peelings, like a gratin. And it just, there's so, so much on my part, like absent-minded thoughtlessness, probably like I should think like that. And so I, I thank you for those <laughs> those ideas. You've, you've both got children. Yeah. Yes. And you both um, had them quite young. Yeah. At the yeah. same age, I think. I was yeah. 20 one when I had my son yeah, yeah. one yeah it's fun you know because we're talking about um recipes because my son had all his friends over yesterday yeah and what I showed him my I showed him my cookery book so I made um oxtail mm-hmm. rice and peas in a vegetable curry because mm-hmm. we had to kind of mix it up um I actually brought my book with me so I'll show you when you're showing about your um porridge it's very similar to a lot of Asian places so they do like kanji which is basically you can do rice mm-hmm. you can do coriander a bit of chicken a bit of garlic mm-hmm. a bit of ginger you boil that with and then you probably may add a, maybe fish fish stock no fish um, fish um, sauce and also sesame seed oil seven ingredients but you've got a nice chicken stew that's going to be good for your stomach you know so these type of things are good for when you have a cold and so forth mm. and even to go back to what you're talking about with the, what we're saying about mental health um in my modules on how to be smart food shop we have one module called habits so we go really deep into actually the brain chemistry what are the neurotransmitters we've got dopamine serotonin acyclorine gaba you know they got i told them like my inner workers and then i explain what they are but i also go say what do you what are you craving and the emotional attachments to food like positive and negative associations well, that's the thing when you're feeling blue or emotional mm-hmm. you reach for Certain foods, yeah. Usually yeah. crack. Usually yeah. crack, right? Yeah. So, like, what... Okay, so, Jack, what were you usually reaching for before you made well, this book? Well, do you know what? It's quite funny, actually, because I do struggle with depression and anxiety, mm. and sometimes it just absolutely floors me. About a month ago... Um, I was in bed and I was just like duvet diving and I was just eating salt and vinegar crisps bag after bag after bag and boiled sweets and I was just like I don't and then continuing to feel rubbish because yeah. I wasn't getting yeah. any nutrition uh, and my other half um, went like downstairs and um, I heard them rooting around and I was like what are you doing what are you doing 
And they came back and they literally went, you literally wrote the book on this. Mm. Like, Get why? Going, like, girl. Just mm. open it at any page and you're like, what, what are you doing? You literally mm. wrote the book on how to cook yourself out of a depressive slump. And I was like, hi. And I sat there and I started flicking through and I made myself chicken porridge. And it is it's Gosh, really, it really, me, it's so me up comforting. This and it's like a cuddle in a yeah, bowl. Yeah, it is. And, and, that, and putting the oat milk, it gives it the creaminess. Yeah. Without it kind of feeling clog, you know, it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and I think my Thank kids you. would probably need it too. And it's quicker than your two-hour chicken soup with matzo balls, isn't it? Four-hour, sorry. Sorry. Bless you, Molly. Well, I mean, technically, it, it was six minutes of prep and frying time, and two and a half hours slowly cooked in a thermal on yeah. a moving track. Do, do, you, do you think there's? Well, we all come from different kind of backgrounds in a way, but I think for, for we're Jewish, and yes. I think for us, oh, but you've got lovely food. Yeah, yeah, we we have food, but. I can promise you, if you go to a wedding or a yeah. bar mitzvah, they have the same food, always. not mm-hmm. for the big meal, but after the synagogue service, yes. we always have the same thing. Mm-hmm. And no one gets tired of it. It's always chopped fish balls yeah. and we have bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. And if I, I, would, I could make chicken soup twice a week and everyone would still love it. They would never tire of it because it's comforting, exactly. the familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a f- familiarity gives you comfort and, and warmth as well, of don't course. you think? It's like the positive positive associations with food. So like example, you make a lot of chicken soup. I do. But most everywhere around the world make chicken soup. Like when I was younger, when I came to the UK, my mum would always make me chicken soup because my favourite thing. So when you get sick, you start to yeah. associate actually yeah. what makes me feel good. Yeah. Oh, my mum chicken soup or I make some type of soup could be vegetable soup as well we always have positive and negative associations to different foods when we are children we start to have a lot of influences about what how we eat for the future so that's why parents are all grandparents whoever's your caregiver is really important because they decide what is actually accessible but what is actually available as well this is why for me with feed me good I'm always trying to learn about my communities like you know what is your stories what what traditions do you have how can we include that how can we teach that to each other and what I do I find that it just breaks down those barriers yeah you know especially when it comes to like community cohesion and actually bringing people together are you both doing stuff for the jubilee yes i am i've got i've had um i've had a few approaches from various people but my work has been so insane over the last few months that i haven't got to that bit yet well i'm just going i'm like i don't even know when it is next week oh well i've got loads of time then that's basically how i approach when is when is when is your big jubilee lunch yeah i'm having two giant jubilee lunches so i'm having it on friday the third which will be in chalk hill estate which is going to be in wembley so between 11 till 4 um, we're cooking a lot of things yeah. and I've got another one in the Ellsby Estate in South London just behind oh, Elephant Castle <laughs> which I'm very excited about because they literally they just gave me some funny so I'm like thank you Jesus prison lads <laughs> um, but what is so cool is so my primary school Chalk Hill Primary like Miss Maureen Anthony she's like an amazing like parent liaison officer she's going to help me get more parents we're going to have a mixture so we're going to have the Jamaican side which is the traditional you know um, rice and peas and chicken we're going to have um, curry goat yeah. macaroni peas jerk chicken and then burgers chips and like a mixture of stuff and then we'll have some Asian food I'll probably be baking for the whole week because I've got different desserts to make as well no sweets I refuse because I'm not trying to get no children high of sugar Mm. so we're going to literally do everything lots of fruit and vegetables because I'm about that life (laughs) and um, also we're going to have a mixture so 
the thing is, I understand the cost of living has gone up quite high. So what we said is we're going to give everyone who wants to cook a voucher, maybe 10, 15 pounds, and they can go buy the ingredients and cook it and bring it along. Because I don't want anyone to be out of pocket. I can only imagine what Jack could make and you, Noreen, with 15 15 quid. I mean, it would be honestly... So what would you be uh, your Jubilee meal if you were making for 15 pounds? 15 pounds. Well, do you know what? I was quite tempted to do a budget version of that Jubilee trifle because I was I know but I feel like whenever anything like that comes up my instant reaction is oh I bet I could do a budget version I've got ADHD um, and so when like my brain works in in wild ways and it's just this automatic association anything like I'm sitting looking at your scones going I wonder if I could do those on a budget I'm like looking around every every single thing (laughs) they are yeah Great, yeah. But you know, it's so funny because you've got ADHD. I've got dyslexia, Ah. so I'm half blind and half deaf. (laughs) So I've got I tick off that lovely EDI box like triple wise. (laughs) But it probably adds into our creativity, right? Um, Because I don't know, I don't know if you if you get that, Jack. But you know, when you start to just get into the zone, like this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pray and just see what I feel like. You know, and then I just said, right, we're going to make scones. It's quintessentially British. Yeah. And you know what? We want to add a bit of flavours and different things to it. Mm. And let's just try it and see what comes out. I've and got then, some mascarpone yeah. in the fridge. Or... Oh, I also oh, got you some jam, cream. some oh, pomegranate jam. Remember, do you want me to give yes. you something to um, put with that? I, uh, yes, that'd be amazing, Mum. Whilst whilst you do that, I wanted to ask. Um, you know, people that are listening to this, you obviously are such crusaders with trying to help people be able to eat well. Um, affordably so what are some of kind of the key points of how people can change the way that they cook to mm-hmm. spend less I mean I think that one about using the thermos is, instead mm-hmm. of using the hob is genius Jack and I've never really thought about it and I'm feel embarrassed that I didn't but mm-hmm. could you both give me a few pointers that you would just to start set people off in the right yeah. direction so for the first one to save money this is literally how I started how to be a smart food shopper yeah. right this is my trick yeah, yeah it's in the book as well yeah so first one is you want to do family classics you want to get your family around the table and work out what do you lot love to have yeah yeah kids love certain dishes that their mum and dad's cook or grandparents and so forth mm. so that's the first thing you do so you basically write the dishes okay. onto a list yeah yeah the second thing you want to do is we tend to go to buy restaurant food on a friday and a saturday so you want to get restaurant inspired meals uh, so you kind of have a takeaway so you have a takeaway exactly nice you have habit. that like two to three times in the week yeah yes. the third one's called wild card foods that means it's whatever you got in your fridge or your cupboard and you're like do you know what i got a bit of rice i got a bit of egg got a bit of veg egg fried rice yeah you, you basically look around and you see what you can actually make out of it but also wild card meals can be when you fancy something so like i literally go to restaurants just to kind of you know taste stuff and then come back and create something at home mm, you know that's that's how i okay, do so my Jack, cooking yeah, really on, hit me so basically, I do a stock take of everything yeah. I have in yeah. before I go shopping, yeah. before I make my shopping list. So I get a piece of paper and I fold it into four. I call it the quarter hack. Proteins, um, carbs, fruit and veg and flavours. Mm. I go through the fridge, freezer, cupboard, and I make a note of every single thing mm. I've got in. And then I make my shopping list. And your shopping list then is just a gap filler. Because you're like, well, actually, I've got some frozen chicken breasts and some sausages and some tinned fish and some beans. And so I just need like a couple more protein items. Or I've got, And it's about using what you've already got in. Yeah. It reduces the food waste in the yeah. fridge as well because you're using what you've got in. 
and um, it keeps my cooking sort of creative as well because yeah. like with your wildcard meals if there is a tin at the back of my cupboard that is been sitting there for months on end I will force myself to use it and yeah. then not buy it again yes. because it's like or yeah. discover something that is like mm-hmm. that I love and that is new because I'm also a bit of a magpie and if I if I'm I travel around for work a lot recently I was in um, Croydon um, for a conference and so I was just wandering down Croydon High Street mm. going into all the butchers and I picked up half a goat and some pig's trotters I had a massive backpack oh my <laughs> literally God. half a goat sticking out of my bag <laughs> half a goat some pig's trotters um, I got are they cheap uh, some liver goat. it's goat cheap I got quite no, a lot of stuff so I wouldn't be able to say what okay, it all yeah. individually was but I just stocked up and I was picking like this Franken creature in my bag all these different bits and pieces of uh, but I also picked up loads of different cans of beans that I don't pick up in Asda mm. but I was like right. things like gungo peas and things like black chickpeas and stuff yeah. like that yeah. and I was like oh mm. that's cool oh I'll yeah. try that oh I'll yeah. try that so that means I get to use those things as mm. well but it means that my food shop stays under 20 pounds a week because I'm using the stuff that is already there exactly. and, and, and that's for the two of that you. stuff that's mm. for well I've worked it out because my partner um, eats with us quite a lot but my son is at his dad's for part of the week so it works out at exactly 42 meals a week so it's like feeding two wow. people because my son's 12 and he's quite like active hungry so yeah, yeah. Well, where does he go do you, do you live by the seaside yeah. do you eat lots of seafood yes yeah we do so what do, what do you, oh you get cockles down yeah, yeah. We've, uh, where I used to live was right by the old um, fishing village. So it was all the big old cockle sheds. And, the, and you see the trawlers going out in the morning to catch the fish. And it's quite funny because a lot of the fish that's caught in Leon Sea, which I don't live there now, um, but then goes to Billingsgate Market. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, fab. So you get so we get it Great. before. <laughs> Isn't is fish so expensive now? It can be, but um, there was if you sort of get to know them and you can go in and get like the little scrappy off cuts and yeah. stuff like that and, um, and also yeah, surely if you see Jack Monroe coming in you're like better make this affordable come <laughs> yeah. on let's impress surely well no I just I just got I got a lot of cockles I love cockles it was one of the things I remember as a kid no one else in my family liked them except me and my dad oh. so we would go to Lee which was a seven-mile walk from my house, and we would walk to Lee and get a pint of cockles and walk back home again. My dad used to be in the army, so he's very funny about, if you can see it in the distance, you can walk to it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No, it's not a good one. It's oh, yeah, traumatising. It not work for me. So I think we should still give you, the, although this is an unusual episode. This is episode, a, a very special episode. Yeah, but we still think that we need to have you the table manners experience, and We'd like to know what your last supper would Both be. Both of your last Both suppers. Both of your last suppers. You get a starter, a main, pudding, drink of choice. You Can must you... have thought about I it. Have thought Noreen, about it. do you want to go first? Yeah, do you know what? I'd have my mum's curry goat uh-huh. with rice and peas. Is that a starter? Um, is that you know the main? What? That is the main. So I just, I was just thinking about it right now. It's got me really hungry. <laughs> Marlene, yeah. you've got to get the, uh, get, get the curry goat on later. <laughs> um, so, so for a starter... I would probably say kanji. I love kanji. Kanji mm. is literally similar to the oat porridge, um, but it's made for rice mm. and chicken and um, a little bit of vegetables. Because you're gluten intolerant. And gluten intolerant, helps. exactly. Yeah. And then the other one with, um, yeah, so the curry goat, yeah. my mum has it. Yeah. 
And I think for dessert, what would I do? Do you know what? I was going to make it this morning, but I was thinking I've done so much of it. Pandan and coconut cake. Ooh. Yeah, and do you know, I should have probably done it this no, morning. I no, I yeah. You can make yeah. it again and send it in the post. Yes, I can, <laughs> yeah. So pandan and coconut, because um, I love traveling, but I travel specifically for food. So when I went to like Asia, I went to Vietnam and Singapore to see one of my friends. I bought home 35 you kilos. You see your friends that was ready to eat the food. Oh, yeah, 100%. Honest, yeah. She got me some stuff from Malaysia. I was like, thank you, G. Thank you, girl. You know, <laughs> thank you, darling. Um, and it was amazing. I had the best food experience in Singapore. Mm. I couldn't... I'm need to go back there again I literally will travel and learn how to make things and bring back so I love going to Spain I'm always going to my boyfriend's region which is Extremadura they've got like pig like black pig mm. and cheese they've got the best cheese in the world so you're going to have that on your desert island yes yes and so they, I call it this, it's a sheep's cheese it's one of my favorites and I actually got the jam from the same shop so it's the pomegranate jam because yeah, I love this. to get locally and I think for me, that's really important. So yeah. as a small business, I always try to buy as much as I can, like, you know, it's local, but also try to promote whoever I'm working with. So I always say, okay, I've got a lovely butchers in East Street Market. So I'm like, okay, Tony, can you give me discounts? I'm like, okay, any of my students can go there and get, say, say feed me good and get a 10% discount. And for me, that's like really big, you know, a local economy. And I think it's just like nice to support businesses. That's a great scum. Oh, thank you. For the big jubilee lunch, yes, a scone. Are these scones going to play a role? Yes, I've got different ones. So I'm doing the scones. Mm. I'm also doing my sweet love pancakes, which is a sweet sorrel. love pancakes. Yes, Come on, talk to me. I made that for the. Um, and do you know what? I just want to say before I even forget. A massive thank you to the Nashry Lottery players and the and the National Lottery because they literally kept our doors open during COVID. Like oh. we could have closed down, but if it wasn't for them and a couple other organisations, you know, Feed Me Good, like we're just so grateful. We've been That's able amazing. to help more than 4,000 people in six years. And I'm so grateful for all the support. So thank you so much to the National Lottery players because who would have thought when my dad used to go and get a little lottery ticket, he used to call on Saturday, that they, you know... I will be doing stuff with the National Lottery and having big lunches that are so dear to my heart as well. So I'm literally going to be doing Sweet Love Pancakes, which is a Jamaican sorrel. So it's a hibiscus flower. Mm. We have that traditionally at Christmas mm. um, with an oat pancake because it's gluten-free, dairy-free, yep. and you can make it vegan rather than making mm-hmm. a little fake egg. And then I've also got like a hibiscus kind of syrup that goes through it. So you've got the recipe that you'll be able to get online as well. You can have it on my website, which is www.feedmegood.co.uk. You know, Amazing. we are here to help everyone. Um, right, Jack, last yes. supper. You've had a bit of time to mull it over <laughs> now. <laughs> well, I've got two answers to this, um, and they're both wildly different. Um, so firstly, I think that the, the answer I should give um, <laughs> is um, when I was a kid, my mum used to do like she had a chalkboard in the kitchen and we would all pick a meal for a day of the week so that like she didn't have to sit and think of seven dinners, but also so that we all like felt included yeah, and felt part of it. Yeah. And every single week without fail, my day was a Thursday and Thursday was girls brigade night and it was a jacket potato at coleslaw. But the cheap coleslaw with all the mayo, mm-hmm. the good yeah. coleslaw, none of this vinaigrette yeah. dressing nonsense. Jacket potato, coleslaw, and a leg of ch- roast chicken. 
And my mum would roast a chicken. And I remember very clearly when I graduated from getting like scrappy bits of breast. Because people say, oh, I can make a chicken feed 10 people. My mother, who's from Northern Ireland, can make a chicken feed 10 people for days. Um, so getting from, like, from going from little scrappy bits of breast to getting a leg. And my dad had the other leg, and I was like, "This is us. This is because my brother was a wimp about chicken skin and bones." And yeah, he ended up joining the those. air force. <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" Like he was, he would cry if he walked too close to a cushion as a kid. My brother was the biggest wimp in the world. And <laughs> ended up in the RAF. I was like, "What are you target practice?" <laughs> so, so, so that's so your main. Yeah, so that would be. That- that's yeah. lovely. I think that's delicious because, and do you know what? I've got more into chicken legs recently. I've gone completely off chicken breast because oh. the chicken legs moist. Yeah, it yes. is. And you, it, so it, you it, the, the brownie, taste is the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's your main. What yeah. about your starter? No, I would just have Not cockles big, with your father? No, I would just have a big portion of that. And funnily enough, I didn't even make the association. But last night I got in quite late and I got in at about one o'clock in the morning. And I realised I hadn't oh God, you had haven't slept dinner. Right. No, I haven't slept except <laughs> for 15 minutes last oh night. It's glorious. <laughs> I'm going to crash hard later. Oh and I was like, I was really hungry. Mm. And I had a roast chicken in the fridge. And I had one of those little microwave bags of potatoes that I found in the reduced chiller in Tesco's yeah. 33p. I was like, I'm all about this yellow stick alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and some coleslaw. Oh, and so I was literally, like, microwaved those potatoes, microwaved some chicken, coleslaw on the side, took it up to bed. <laughs> How indulgent. I always eat it. at the table. Yeah, 99.9% of the time. I was like, no, I need to go to bed. I'm mm. going to take my chicken with me. Um, and it's only talking about that. It's gone. That is my go-to company. <laughs> um, what about her? Do you sweet person? I am a sweet person. Um, I go through phases with desserts. Like I'll be, I'll have like I'll have them sort of incessantly, and then I just won't for ages. Mm-hmm. I am more of a savoury person than a sweet person. If I had to have just one pudding, probably sticky toffee pudding mm. but proper made with dates yeah. like mm. big juicy dates in it and Loads of cream. proper sticky toffee sauce like the dulce de leche mm. type sauce mm. and i don't think i do you know this may be controversial but i think if a sticky toffee pudding is done right it doesn't need anything else with that do i like ice cream or cream because i think it's so sweet but they're sweet. So you no, just had cream. 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 I mean, Jesse would have cream on anything. I have a friend who has plain yogurt with all pudding. So like, oh, Why? What's wrong bit. with them? And I'm like, of all of the, I like, I like plain Creme yogurt. Fresh, you I like plain for. yogurt. You know, I'm, I'm a plain yogurt girl, but it's got its place, and its yeah. place is not on a chocolate fudge cake or with a sticky toffee pudding. No, I food. don't. I taste it different. I think if you have like coconut yogurt, then it's. Oh, there. I love that. That's, that's nice. really elevate it. You know, like. Do you, you make just, your own? Coconut. Yes, I do. Oh, I with, do with desiccated coconut. Yes, yeah. and I will do the coconut milk, and then I also get one little capsule of a probiotic, Ooh, and then nice. I put it in the oven and leave it on zero, like literally less than 50 degrees overnight just the light on and it ferments so you're getting that lovely good bacteria so it's a very cheap easy way to do it just literally get plain yogurt or you can even even make your yogurt yourself at home as well you can make your own milks as well like my whole thing is when I think about sustainability it's just being back to basics so I learn these stuff 
and then I teach it. Good. And then I might put it in a book or two. Well done. So, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for being part of this special Table Manners episode. It's been such a treat to speak to you and to eat your beautiful food. Have your mother here, Marlene. Um, and just best of luck with the Jubilee weekend, the big lunch. Best of luck with fighting the good fight, Jack. We're, and, on, we're on your side, thank darling. You. Um, and we, um, and thank you for being on Table Manners. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Amazing tips, inspiring women, just absolutely loved it. Amazing food, just delicious. Mum, maybe you should do one of these for the, uh, the street party. What, some of the, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, thank you so much to Noreen and Jack for being on Table Manners today. Um, Noreen's charity is Feed Me Good. Jack Monroe is, um, she has a blog called Cooking on a Bootstrap. And communities all over the UK are getting together to celebrate the Platinum Jubilee, just like Noreen all with a bit of help from the National Lottery players. And we've seen and heard from Noreen how much of a difference it's made for her and her charity. It's really amazing what the National Lottery does for people. And we've just heard it firsthand from Noreen. Thank you so much to the National Lottery for having these remarkable women on our podcast today. And I'm going to go and get some cherry blossom, I think. I think you should take these. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the rum cake and the scones to rehearsal right now and it's going to fuel us through our dance rehearsals thank you for listening and we'll see you next week bye